Uh, two things this morning. One is, everyone here has been prayed for all week by a bunch of different people. We believe that prayer is the primary, the primary work of the people of God. They pray for you on Wednesdays. I'm, I'm constantly annoying my friends. I'm not annoying them, but texting them, asking them to pray for me because prayer is so powerful. The power of the gospel really, really takes off when you pray uh, for other people. So you've been prayed for this week. Your chairs that you're sitting in have been prayed for. Uh, we've been praying that God would fill this place, that you would know him better today. Um, the second thing is that uh, you are loved. You are loved by God. And that's something we're going to be talking about today. Not because it's Valentine's Day. Because that was not even planned as far as when the scripture fell. We're just in the next scripture in our series. But God loves you. When I say God, I mean also Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because God is a Trinitarian God. Three gods in one, mysteriously. But when you think of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God loves you. When Jesus uh, walked on the earth, he was a peculiar uh, guy, different from anyone else. When he looked at people, he loved people. He shared the love of God with them. And when people had various needs and there was various brokenness happening, that brokenness was his specialty. What Jesus couldn't do anything with was proud hearts that didn't think they needed him or didn't want to give him the time of day. But Jesus, he was good with brokenness. Um, Jesus is the one who said, it's not the healthy you need the doctor, it's the sick. I've not come to call righteous people, but sinners to repentance. And that was Jesus' whole deal. So God loves you, Jesus loves you, the Holy Spirit loves you, the Holy Spirit dwells among us today. So, you might be wondering about some of these items on the stage that were not here previously. Um, this plant, yeah, it's a good plant. This is my plant. <laughs> and, um, not anymore, no. I'm not proud of it anymore. But uh, this plant was in, my, in, in New Life Fellowship uh, eight years ago when I started working here part-time as a secretary, essentially, in the office. Uh, and this plant was inherited from Mary Jo, who had the plant. And it was alive at the time. And she killed it, and Mary Jo said, if I can't have the plan, no one can. So. But I was very proud of myself up until recently about keeping the plant alive. And I thought, you know, this is interesting. This plant's been living through my, all my time at New Life, you know. And then it died, and you start being superstitious about that, you know. But not really at all. No, no. Um, what happened was we redid my office, or I didn't. The amazing steward board in the church have been have a lot of improvements they're working on throughout the year to improve the facility and they have a budget to do so and what they, they decided to start off in my office replacing the carpets putting trim on the walls on the uh, on the floors and it's fantastic and they're doing these improvements uh, throughout the year uh, so while they were doing that I took all of my belongings from the office and stuck them in the conference room along with the plant and uh, I didn't think about the plant for about a week and a half. And then when I finally thought about the plant again, this is what the plant looked like. And so I, so I, start, I weathered it. I thought it would come back to life, but it hasn't come back to life yet. 
But uh, obviously, what can we learn from this plant? <laughs> Plants need water to live, apparently, and possibly sunlight, neither of which the plant had. I've always wanted to have a 12-string guitar, like always, for years. I now have two of them. Both of them are broken. It's very sad. Uh, one of them was given to me. They were going to throw it away, but I took it because I thought maybe someday I can rehab this guitar. The other one I purchased from a young man in the church. Uh, this is that guitar. This is a Sigma guitar by Martin. So it's a nice guitar with a solid wooden top. That's where you get the good sound. Solid wood instruments. And he sold it to me because he was short on cash yeah, for, for a pretty small amount of money because the guitar is broken. The guitar is broken because it has a solid wood top and this young man left the, car, the guitar in his car in the summer, in the, in the blazing heat of the summer, and it dried out of the wood and it split the bridge open. The, actual, the saddle, I'm sorry, right here. It split open and now you can't do anything with it. So I'm saving... Not really saving, but I'm hoping that someday I have some extra money to rehab it, but until then it sits in my office like this. Um, what's that? Next to the plant. And they have a lot in common. Because um, solid wood instruments and furniture, for those of you who are craftsmen, uh, solid wood also needs moisture to live, even when it's harvested. My, 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 my main guitar, I put a couple, probably... It goes through four tablespoons of four to five tablespoons of water a week, and it absorbs into the wood. It's a living thing. If you're passionate about wood, you can share my passion. It's right, Dan. It's alive, and you have to respect it because it's alive. But when you leave it in the car in August, it's going to crack wide open because it needs moisture. So I have my dry plant, my crack guitar. I was on Facebook yesterday. Who here was on Facebook yesterday? Everybody? Who's on Facebook right now? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody, right? Nobody. You're reading the Bible. Um, I was on Facebook yesterday, and I saw something that was really prime, interesting in a kind of a primal way, I guess. Um, and I'll explain that. They, it was a, vi- a viral video. Maybe some, some of you have seen this. It was a dog who had been abused and unloved, uh, and I'm not a huge dog person or anything, but it was showing this dog, and it said, receiving love for the first time, it said. And so what you saw in this video was this, this dog coming out of the kennel, and this very gentle, loving person, like a dog whisperer type of person, was petting them in just the right way. You could tell a lot of affection. And this dog was just cowering, cowering, cowering into the, into the back corner, you know, barking, whimpering, you know, get off of me like this. And no matter what, that was the reaction of the dog. And it was just a really kind of a heartbreaking thing. And I'm not even a dog person. It was heartbreaking. It was a heartbreaking thing. It reminded me of when I was studying psychology. And uh, they did this awful study in psychology where babies were not touched. And then those babies passed away for not being touched. You can see that... uh, that love and affection or even abuse, love and affection, um, the combination of those two things can really, uh, can really hurt an animal or a person. It's something else. 
Today's scripture is Ephesians 3. If you could put it up on the screen for me, please, Derek. It's going to be 3, 14 through 21. This is a prayer from Paul, from prison, for the young church in Ephesus. So he's praying now. He tried to pray last week, if you remember, but he interrupted himself. Now he's finally getting around to praying. Paul says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family, in heaven and on earth, derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. It's a powerful prayer if you really think about what it's saying. What is this scripture basically telling us? Verse 16, Paul says, I pray that you would be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit. That's a capital S. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus. That's God. I pray that you would be, out of God's glorious riches, you may be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Your heart is the center of your being. That's what that word means. Is the seat of your emotions. Is the... the central part of who you are. It's where you make your decisions from. It's where your thoughts and intentions uh, rise from. Uh, It is where your entire worldview is constructed from. That's your heart. That's your heart. That's everything about you comes from your heart. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So what he's saying here is, his prayer is, that we would have power. And what what are we to have power for? We are to have power for grasping the love of God. Power to grasp the love of God. Isn't that an odd thing? Usually you'd need power to, you know, break a wall down, or you think about something like that. But this is saying, this is actually asking twice, in two different places, as I'm looking at it. It's, it's saying, we need power in our inner being, so that we might be rooted and established in love, and we might have power with the saints to grasp the love of God. These are two things it says we need power for. And I just thought, isn't that an odd thing to think that someone would need power in order to receive the love of God? It's an interesting thought. So the question for me becomes, 
Why do we need power to take hold of the love of God? And for me, and this is my, my true belief, the reason we need the power of God to apprehend the love of God is because we are dry, cracked, and we are terrified. We are cowering like that dog. We are dry, cracked, and cowering. That is why we need the power of God to apprehend the love of God. To know the love of God, we need the power of God to bring that love home in our heart, to allow us to be rooted in that love. We need God's power for that. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden, it says they walked with the Lord, with God, in the cool of the day. When I, when I first came to Christ, I started reading in Genesis, and I, that really jumped out at me, that God's fellowshipping with people on such an intimate level, walking with people through the garden. Uh, Adam and Eve were naked, but they felt no shame whatsoever. Adam and Eve had no conception of what it felt like to not know the love of God. They had no idea what it felt like to not be able to know the love of God. God had created them, lovingly formed them, said they were very good, breathed into their nose holes, not my words, but the Bible's words, breathed into their nostrils the breath of life. They were pretty convinced, based on how they came to be, that God loved them. They had no reason to think otherwise. And they walked with God in the cool of the day. To me, that is heaven. To think about all that conflict uh, that, that we feel internally um, being gone and feeling the pure love of God for us. To me, that would be heaven. That would be heaven. So Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day without a conception of what it felt like to not feel the love of God. But then, as we know, they fell into sin. They disobeyed God, and a curse was brought upon creation by their, as a consequence of their disobedience. And what do we see Adam and Eve doing? First thing, the first thing we see them doing, hiding. Just hiding from God. Hiding from God. That was the effect of this disconnection. They were hiding from God. But God didn't, though they had fallen into sin, God didn't desire that they be hiding from him. He went looking for them. He said, where are you? And they said, we realize we're naked and we feel shame. Everything was just broken. Can you see how broken this is? The central operating mechanism in, their, in them was broken. Their hearts were broken in the biblical sense. What I explained to you, their hearts were broken by this. The place where they made decisions, the place where they had their worldview and had what they thought about everything was broken. Just broken. Devastated. Right down the middle. And they were just flailing. All they could think to do was to hide. All they could think to do was to... to all they could muster up was, we're naked and we feel shame. I mean, it's, it's actually a heartbreaking... It's a very heartbreaking account. 
So after everything went down, God kind of said, this is what the consequences are for this. Um, Everything went down, and they were banished from this garden where they used to walk with God in the cool of the day. And they were given, really, if you really consider what happened, they were given a great mercy by the Father. Because they were, uh, their lives were shortened. No longer would they live eternally in the, in the flesh on the earth, but they would someday die and be beyond, um, break free from this sin-seared, heartbreaking, you know, heartbreaking existence. God limited their lives. And really, the, as sad as the story is, the, the moments are so tender between God and them and, and as they leave the garden. God provides them with animal skins to cover their nakedness. He, he understands their concern about feeling shame about being naked, which they never were aware of before when they understood God's love perfectly. He understood it, and he made a way for them to have some of that shame be taken away. A covering. And of course, we know, and we've talked about this, that was a, pre, that was a, a down payment on what, G, what God would do through Christ someday, that Jesus would come, shed his blood as a covering for our sin, is what it says. So they were covered. They were sent away from the garden, you know, given, given the resources they needed. But I just, from that story, you know, how sad it is to think where they were with God, that they had his love. Uh, and they had no, they didn't even question if God loved them. And then to have sin come and just break their hearts. Their decision-making processes, their worldview, everything was skewed by sin. Devastating. And now, everyone since Adam and Eve, all of us, myself included, up until this very moment, this past week, we all do not know sometimes the love of the Father for us. We struggle with this. And it's subconscious and it comes to consciousness and you, you have all kinds of trouble with it. You have difficulty with it. It takes the form of how could God really love me if, if I'm doing this and this and this thing or, or if I'm not doing this right or if I fail at the things I told him I would do. How can he fellowship with me? How can, God, how can God, God's love be the same for me after this? But a very wise friend of mine today said, you know, God loves to sit with us in our brokenness and our sin, and he is not disgusted by it. It is God's specialty. God is about the business of changing us from the heart all the way out into people who understand his love for them. And his desire is that love that he has would, by the power of his Spirit, take root in our lives and bring total transformation to us. Because if you believe that you are loved by God, it changes everything. It really does. It's the one thing that will change everything. If you believe that nothing can separate you from the love of God, it's the one thing that will change everything about you. So Paul says, look, 
This might seem strange to ask for power to know the love of God. But look, people, you're broken. You need God's power to reveal this to you and to make it so in your heart. So that in your heart, the place where you, the secret place, your thoughts, your will, your intentions, your worldview, how you, how you see things, and even the place where you are, um, make your decisions. God wants to bring transformation to that. We are definitely given a rough assignment living in this world. Honestly, rough assignment. Um, for some, it's rougher than others. Some of us are privileged to have a little bit better of an experience than other humans. However, all human beings suffer greatly. It's no wonder that people are so dry, broken, and that people are cowering when love comes to them. It's no wonder that people have such a hard time knowing the love of God for them, really. Uh, We have the world system that that we're born into. The world system is a brutal system that basically destroys people in many ways. Um, Lifts up the self, doesn't include Jesus or God, and gets you into the flow of things, gets you into its way of thinking. And, you know, we're kind of hapless with it. We're just born into it. So the water we swim swim in every day. Then we have the enemy within. We have our flesh, our broken hearts that, you know, Jesus, of course, wants to, ch- wants to mend. But we have our broken hearts, and we have desires and things that battle inside of us, and sinful thoughts and impulses that battle inside of us. We struggle internally. And the Apostle Paul did, too, in the Scripture, it says. Um, so we have the outside, we have the inside. And if that weren't enough, we have that old enemy from the garden, the snake, the Satan, and the powers and principalities of darkness that he oversees, which are also out to ensnare us. So we have a tough assignment. There's plenty of room for heartbreak in this world. There's also plenty of room for not only our own sin, but being sinned against. And listen to me. I know that some of you have been sinned against terribly. I know that. You've been sinned against in your life, and you're, and you're hurting. And you... When I, talked about, when I talk about the dog story, that is exactly your experience. You would love to feel the love of God in the presence of God. You'd love nothing better than that. You've even prayed about it. But you deep down are cowering, honestly, when the love is offered up. And it's understandable for someone that's been sinned against and violated in some of the ways that people are hurt and violated in this world. It's understandable. Yet in all things, God's desire is to, by the power of his Holy Spirit, dwell in our hearts richly through Christ's presence and allow us to become rooted and established in his love, in his love for us. And once we become rooted and established in God's love for us through Jesus Christ's presence in our hearts, by the power of his Holy Spirit, we begin to believe the love that God has for each of us. It will change everything. It will absolutely change everything. Moving on in in the text. Just looking at verse 18 to 19. This is a long run sentence, so we're going to have to backtrack to 17. 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's an interesting sentence. I never thought about it until recently. Verse 19, to know something that surpasses knowledge. This is an oxymoronic statement. It's saying that God's love surpasses knowledge. I want you to know that by God's power. That's pretty awesome to think about. But what this is saying is that together, as we all, as individuals, come to know God's love for us, even in our junk, even with the things that have been done to us and the things that we have done, even as we cower in the corner and sit dry and cracked, as we come to know that love, God's will for us as a church is that we might have that power of the Holy Spirit once again, that together with all the saints gathered, and for our purposes, this is New Life Fellowship of Exit 15, right here, right now, all you guys, that we might have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ together as a body. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we might be filled, that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It begins in the, hum- in the single human heart that starts to really pray this prayer. God, let your love, by your power, allow me in my brokenness to know that you love me. Just help me to know that. I don't want to cower all the time thinking about you. Like, that dog is a great picture uh, a lot of people's conception of God for how you grew up, it's no matter what you do, you get slapped in the head when you do something slightly wrong. A lot of people grow up in families where if you do something slightly wrong, you get smacked in the head by, by parents. It's an awful, awful thing. Always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're that kind of person. Things are going good, but something bad's going to happen to me. I know it's going to happen to me. And things never go good. Things always happen. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. So as we take to heart the love of God as individuals, then when we come together as a body, together in this worship context, we're asking God to give us power together to understand the height, the depth, the length, and the width of God's love, which surpasses knowledge. It's, a, it's way beyond what we can conceptualize. And that's kind of what we're asking for as we come together. So this morning, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up And I want you to think about, as the worship team is playing and getting ready to close us out in the song, I want you to be thinking about what image fits your life best today as far as how you are able or not able to receive the love of the Father that is through Jesus Christ. Are you kind of cracked for lack of moisture? Are you dry? Are you cowering? Are you the kind of person that cowers uh, when you think about God? You think, things are going good, good with God now, but all I have to do is mess up one time, and I know it's all done. That was me. And that was who I, I was um, in my early days, especially. It's, a, it's very exhausting. But I want you to think about which one of these things are you? Because being able to pray... Uh, that you would receive the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit 
is probably going to be the most transformative prayer that you pray. Because when you think about it, when your heart is, when, when Jesus' love is rooted and established in your heart, it changes everything. Your decisions, you know, your thoughts, your will, your intentions, your worldview, everything changes, and everyone will see it. Everyone will see a difference. So we're going to play this closing song, and then I'm going to pray with you, and then if some people want to be prayed for, I want you all to come and be prayed for too. This is a time to respond and to invite God by his power to begin to show you something which is incomprehensible, which is the love the Father has for his children. So we were made to run on the love of God, the knowledge of the love of God for us. That is our fuel. We cannot make it if we do not believe that God loves us. God sent his Son while we were still his enemies. God loved us before we even had a thought of him. Jesus came for the sick, not the healthy. Uh, God's love is for you this morning. God loves you. This is uh, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And may you, New Life Fellowship, together with all the saints, have power in your heart by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to know how high, how deep, how long, and how wide is the love of God. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you would be filled to all the measure and fullness of the God who loves you and calls you. In his name, amen.